0: Coming to you from that galaxy far, far away, this is the Star Warriors podcast. And tonight, this is Chris. And this is Rocco. And we're back with another installment of Marvel Comics, my friend. Yes, what a month it was. What month is it? It's the finale of War of the Bounty Hunters. So we're finally here. It's been an amazing run, actually, you know it has been lows and highs but yeah exactly
1: yeah there were there were definitely some lows um i'd say more highs I, i i like the story and i think that it's been enhanced now that we know that this is the first of a trilogy
0: yeah i'm very excited like we know that crimson rain is coming in december and then the hidden empire was announced as well by charles soul and i'm really excited to see where this all goes because they are playing around with you know the mandalorian and the book of Boba fett are taking place in this new republic time and we know that that's probably the next step of this journey we're going on with uh new canon
1: oh yeah absolutely absolutely and i just i've i've loved it and i'm looking forward uh to crimson rain and i'm looking forward to everything
0: after it so awesome me too me too so let's get uh some news from the hollow net and let's talk a little bit about the movie uh schedule right now because we got some news that the patty jenkins rogue squadron movie is delayed i've heard indefinitely delayed um what what do you think about this i mean I wanted a Rogue
1: Squadron movie, but I'm not sure I wanted a Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron movie. And that's not, you know, before people jump here on me, that she just did a shitty movie with with uh, Wonder Woman 84. That was just like really, really bad. And the scary part for me is the range because the first Wonder Woman was such a great movie such a great movie and then all the magic that was from that movie was just not used in this plus you make her love interest the reason she's losing her powers due to a man like a lot of symbolism that was unnecessary so my fear was is she going to give us a flop again with rogue squadron which is something so beloved especially people that um have been in the the eu the extended universe you know uh, you know you're gonna love rogue squadron that needed to be done well so did i think she was gonna fail no but was it a worry yes
0: so now i'm not so worried (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's 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 very disappointing because i loved i loved those x-wing books back in the day and i really wanted to see what they could do with that side of the star wars universe on the big screen because we've seen the Skywalker saga for so long and then we got a little bit more into something like Rogue like I guess the space battles with uh, Rogue One mm-hmm. and I loved that movie that's my favorite oh, new canon movie such a uh, great because movie. yeah it just there's something about it uh, that it just it did a lot for what they were building in the books and it 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 was something that I felt was in the right direction of using all the multimedia together and building this big Star Wars universe that they want, but they got caught up somewhere.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't, uh, I, I want to see, I wanted to just see some X-wings fly to the, the tune of danger zone. Like I was (laughs) just expecting Top Gun, but in the Star Wars universe, you got Luke and Wedge, a young Luke and Wedge, you know, uh, doing crazy maneuvers and blowing ties out of the sky and smoking cigars and whatever it was that they were doing, you know, they'd be doing they'd play be playing volleyball shirtless at one point together and whatever,
0: you know, sounds like they should probably uh do a casting of uh, the original Top Gun uh crew with that, that would be amazing. Why are why have we not seen this movie yet? Please write it, Rocco. Um, I'll, I'll get right on it. Anyway, thank you. But the good thing is, is that there's a big rumor out there. First, the big rumor was that there was going to be an old Republic movie that came up last week. And when these kind of things swell, it makes me think about what's, you know, who's out there working on things like Ryan Johnson and Taika. But then today there was added to this rumor was that there was going to be perhaps a High Republic movie as well, which we've been saying, why hasn't this been on the slate already? with what they're doing in the books and comics and what is taika watiti working on if it's not a high republic movie
1: i cannot wait for him to do a star wars movie um and i think he really i think his tryout was the mandalorian and when his episode was just bomb um and the fact that almost everything he touches is gold and shit that he's not even in that he touches is gold um like um the current what we do in the shadows television show yeah um that's the funniest thing on tv i don't even care um it's just so well written and so perfect um but to see him and then what he brought to uh thor you know what i mean like i think star wars is about time for a a full-on action comedy that he can do because everything he does with with comedy and action has so much heart in it And Star Wars has so much heart in it. So I think that he's going to capture I wager a bet that he's going to create one of the greatest Star Wars films we've ever seen. Up there with Rogue One and Empire. I truly feel Taika is going to deliver that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the fact, like you mentioned Thor, Ragnarok, and it's just like and he's doing Love and Thunder as well. He flipped it on its side like on its backside and had his way with it. And then it just you know birth the great a great baby a better movie than the first two because i was not impressed by the first two thor movies same uh the first one's okay but the second one was like what are you doing so amazing like cinematography having fun just doing something outside of the norm Mm -hmm. and that's that's Tekka watini
1: absolutely and you know as ig11 you know, just fantastic. He, he did the original movie, what we did in the, sh- what we do in the shadows, which was such a fantastic concept that you, do you know how many people are like watching the show. And I'm like, Oh, do you ever see the movie? And they're like, there's a movie. They say that like excited. I'm like, yeah, there's a movie. That's where it came from. The movie is amazing With Jermaine Clement, Taika Waititi together. They're vampires in a house. It's like a reality show. They're like, yeah, that's great. I'm like, go watch the movie. And I was like, so good. So anyway, I can't wait to see his humor in a Star
0: Wars film. I can't wait. Let's do it. Let's. It's gonna happen. Let's hope we get some announcements soon. <sighs> um, jumping over to the collector side of things, there's a giant AT-AT ultimate collector set coming from Lego soon. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's almost like seven thousand pieces, and it's worth like eight hundred bucks. Like I'm not buying that, but that's a crazy collectible.
1: I want it obviously right. but i'm not i'm just never i'm never gonna have it so i do that thing where i look at it and i daydream for a few moments Then i'm like yeah why just move on to the next thing <laughs> you know what i mean because you can't like you're not gonna own this and then just we just scroll up
0: <laughs> exactly it's it's my favorite vehicle in star wars and it's just like i think i'll just go buy the hundred dollar kit set okay sorry
1: do you remember being a child and seeing those things on the horizon of Hoth for the first time, like I still remember that, just being in awe of the the majesty of the ATAT.
0: This is a reason why like the snow Speed and the ATAT are my favorite vehicles. That that sequence is is one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. I remember my second favorite sequence in Star Wars. What was your first? Java's Palace. The entire oh, like, beginning right. of the Return of the Jedi. It just, I knew that. Duh. I knew God. that
1: uh, that's a great scene, that's a classic scene, but no Battle of Hoth um stuck in many of our memories because it was such an amazingly beautiful thing at that time period and where we were in our age um so to see this immortalized in this beautiful Lego set that I will never own because I'm poor um <laughs> you know i i I think it's fantastic
0: <laughs> absolutely absolutely I'll, I'll see it from afar, please. Set it up in the Lego store. I'll go there. I'll touch the display case softly and gently, and then I'll move on to the next door. The thing is,
1: is that they should put it out and allow you to like drink a beer in front of it with a little table. Cause that's all I would do if I owned it. Like I would build it and put it in my studio and then I would just drink beer around it. So like Lego <laughs> store, if you want to charge me to just sit there and drink beer around the display case, I won't bother anybody. I'll pay for it.
0: <laughs> Make sure you email them about that. I'm not sure if it is. It is it is more of a kid store, so I don't know if they'll allow that kind of stuff. But maybe. Maybe. You never damn know. It. You never know. Uh, a couple things from the Disney Plus side of things. Uh, something that you you and I are going to probably weep when we see it. But Hayden Christensen was announced to be a part of the ahsoka series and we can only assume that he's going to be a force ghost and if i see a force ghost of anakin skywalker talking to ahsoka i am going to just lose it completely completely
1: i can't describe to you the desire to see live action anakin obi-wan and young ahsoka Hmm. the three of them in a flashback I want to, to see that uh, it would have to be Ewan McGregor and, and Hayden Christensen, and you wouldn't have to de-age them too much, really. And then a young, uh, just a young Ahsoka. And apparently the the young woman in Obi-Wan is supposed yeah. to be young Ahsoka, supposed to be.
0: Well, that's, that's my thought of what they're. that's why we're going to see it before. I, I really believe we're going to see something like that in the Kenobi show. And, you know, the next thing I want to really mention was that Disney Plus Day is Friday. Can't wait. I mean, we're going to probably get an Andor trailer and a Kenobi trailer Uh. and a Bad Batch Season 2 trailer Uh. and maybe this rumored Darth Maul Rise of Crimson Dawn animated series. I don't know. But what you're Uh. mentioning is I think we're going to see that a lot sooner. I think we'll see that in Kenobi. But I think what we're seeing in Ahsoka is going to be this older Ahsoka coming to terms with her master, who's now part of the Force. And that's all I want. That's all I want from that, because there's so much other stuff that show that's going to happen. That Mm -hmm. I really feel after like that confrontation in in Rebels Mm -hmm. is really this is the next step. She can, they can, they can just kind of you know, mend things out and, and just, you know, come to terms with what happened.
1: Yeah. I think that that's really, really big, you know, and that would be just something that's not explored. I think there's a lot that needs to be shown there. And at least the closure for Ahsoka. I mean, Ahsoka and Anakin are my two favorite characters in star Wars period. And what I love about them is their relationship. Their relationship means a lot to me. And I I, Clone Wars was able to do that when I thought that I couldn't stand this little girl. And then as she matured and grew older, I ended up being genuinely loving her like you would love a little sister. And and that's it. So to see their relationship on the big screen in live action and maybe get some closure to that after the battle in Rebels. I mean, I watched that rebels battle today, probably for the 20th time. I'll go to those Twilight of the Apprentice part one, Twilight of the Apprentice Part Two. Put them on. Sit down, kids. My daughter will be like, We watched this so many times. Yeah, we'll watch it again. This <laughs> won't be the last time. Exactly. Danny, we watch this all the time. <laughs> watch it again then. Sit down and watch it again. Memorize it.
0: <laughs> this is like this is like Bible class
1: exactly but it's a lot more fun when it's star wars but anyway no in all seriousness though yes i i think that we're going to get a force ghost anakin in that and i think it's going to be beautiful
0: awesome awesome so enough with enough with the news yeah, i think sorry it's, I, no 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 you i've gotten tangential i've gotten tangential. i wrote all this shit down i put all these <laughs> i put all these things on paper or virtual paper so this is your fault let's, um let's it is uh, yeah so let's go into uh let's jump into the comics we're yes. gonna start with uh listen this month i had yeah what this is where the bonnie hunters five right he's you we're on we're on audio so uh rocko yeah. right now is showing the variant cover by um chris Sprouse. i bring believe it is um he did this whole Lucasfilm 50th anniversary uh variant cover series from all of the star wars uh mm-hmm. um movies tv shows comics whatever uh but this month is featuring uh on Ward of bondage number five ahsoka and anakin from the clone wars and what an amazing
1: i mean this cover so at my comic book shop um he's he can obviously he can only sell on the days he's allowed to sell so like for instance dc tuesday and he can't oh right he can't sell marvel till wednesday um, which is just how it works. So, but he will be setting up the next day's take on Tuesday to be ready for Wednesday. So it would be out there and you could see it. But if you even put a <laughs> finger on one, no, can't, don't even touch it. That was always, they don't touch it. Well, don't anyway, lose that finger. Exactly. So very serious about it. So, I saw this cover sitting on the display case and I know it's Marvel. So I know I can't leave with that right now. And I was like, which one is that? He said, where the bounty Hunters number five. I said, that goes in my bag. And he was, <laughs> and he was just like, got it. I'm like, thank you. That goes in. I'll get it tomorrow. I'll be here tomorrow when you can legally sell it and it, it put it in my bag, please. And he did. And like this cover is, is gorgeous. This is a gorgeous cover.
0: Funny story to you listeners is beautiful. I've been trying to collect these Sprouse covers, all of them, you know, like fucking Pokemon, but I War of the bounty hunters. The main run was not doing any of these Sprouse ones and I missed this. And if it wasn't for this dude, I would have, it was over. I just, I don't know what I've done with myself.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly, dude. I'm just, uh, I'm, I don't know. I, I got to buy them. Got It was buy them. it was like it was serendipitous. So we just talked about it, and then they're the they're the cover of the first comic. So that's pretty cool. But Amazing. War War of the Bounty Hunters. Um, God, this this whole I can't wait to go over these. So War of the Bounty Hunters Five is where we're starting. I believe is that is that correct? That's it.
0: That is correct. Right. Uh, I'm going to do the official stuff right now. It's Bam. uh, it's called Attack at Dawn. It's written by Charles Soule inks by luke ross and david messina colors by narij manan and Rocha- Rochelle rosenberg and letters by travis landham so the last last time we left our heroes and villains and gray area peoples and aliens the hut armada had arrived and they were posing a serious threat to everything that's going on because the there's an imperial shuttle trying to get Han Solo to the the executor, and then you got Vader and Luke having a Tie Fighter battle because he's trying to keep Vader away from them all. The Millennium Falcon has been disabled by Boba Fett with one of those concussion bombs that are so famous from Attack of the Clones. So much is going on.
1: There's so much. There's so much action in this one comic. It's 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 ridiculous. It is absolutely. It's absolutely ridiculous. And then you got, you know, you got Baku here with his, (laughs) with his abs and his little headset, his little, he's wearing, he he looks like he's a good call center. Press one for Baku. Um, (laughs) That's what he looks like. I mean, I'm going to put it up here, right here. He's his little headset right here. His little, can I help you? This is Baku. I can't believe
0: they make them for huts. This is amazing.
1: Hut technical support. Uh, you know, did you forget your password again?
0: Um, it's, it's salacious
1: crumb exclamation point. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so much going on in this
0: issue. I What's amazing here is we see how much power Kira has over Boku. And it's like, yeah, no, you're going to you're going to attack. And this is going to be a suicide mission. You're going to commit you, suicide but, right now. Right. For Crimson Dawn. I thought that was really interesting because it's just how how does she have that much power over the hut council? I mean, the entire H- hut council is on that ship mm-hmm. and they're attacking, and she's like, Yeah, go 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 attack us su- superstar destroyer.
1: Go ahead. And what the thing is though, that that should I think that they did very well in standing out without bringing too much attention to it is how powerful Jabba is and how powerful Jabba was because Jabba just walked away yeah. and Jabba was like I don't have to deal with this I'm not going to because I am Jabba the Hutt and you know we see Jabba just like you say in your favorite scene which is the beginning of Return of the Jedi and he was he was truly introduced there I would say it's arguable but in my opinion he's truly introduced there um, in terms of really knowing what he's all about um, and then this comic really amplifying how powerful he was. He defied the empire, publicly defied the empire, and was just like, "F around and find out."
0: <laughs> well, I I I think back to something you've been saying over the last few episodes, where it's like, "This is going to change the way you see things," right? Yes. Yes. And it's it's interesting because you didn't really realize there was a hut council of course not because vader goes and assassinates them Mm -hmm. because the emperor is like hey we have to preserve the empire and hut alliance yep and how do you do that uh obviously you have these rogue hut this rogue hut armada coming at you who they don't know is controlled by crimson dawn but now you're starting to see these inklings of like oh shit this this organization has started to infiltrate everything, and they show yeah. that more and more through the comics. You know, this month, but you really start to see how much Kira has infiltrated every level of every organization in the in the in the galaxy.
1: You're yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, she is truly the Star Wars mob, if you will. And yeah. Has and she is the figurehead. I think though like that always brings me to a thought of a story that still hasn't been told that I am wondering like Amelia Clark she is Kira and yeah. I want to I really want to see how she ob- she was obviously trained by Maul like the comic books literally show us that she was trained by Maul she even calls him his her master at one point in these comics, so what happened between Solo and this? Maul training her. Maul, obviously, we know how Maul died at the hands of Obi Wan Kenobi, um, finally in on Tatooine, and that exchange was beautiful.
0: It's interesting you say that because it's there's a gray area of like how his insanity started. How did he lose control of Crimson Dawn? Obviously, now we know it's Kira. So as I mentioned before, what about this rumored Darth Maul animated series, right? Uh, Like uh, that's exciting. Or another thought of mine is like we don't know what happens through these through this trilogy. We have Crimson Rain and we have Hidden Empire, but does Amelia Clark show up in Book of Boba Fett? Like some of those in that trailer, which I should have put in the. The this the news because that came out and I'm hoping for a mafia esque show on Tatooine. Some of those uh, some of those thugs look a little crimson dawn to me. I wouldn't be surprised if we.
1: Were again reintroduced to Crimson Dawn. There, the Star Wars is a lot about factions, and I think that they're really trying to create this new faction, and then they've been able to write it in that they've always been there, but they're so secretive we would have never even known about them. That's how immersive Star Wars is—is that it adds another layer. And now we have another layer with this criminal organization that's been pushing things the whole time in the background, which changes the way we watch all the movies that we've watched, which is what I love about Star Wars. Um, But yeah, I mean, first of all, what's amazing about Darth Maul is that he was cut in half in episode one and they realized it was a swing and a miss people wanted more mall and they were able to get him, you know, both in the clone wars and give us a, a, an explanation that allows us to suspend our belief enough. Right. Yeah. That of him coming back. And I love that story with Savage and her br- and, and oh, being yeah. brothers. It's fantastic. So to hear that there's an animated now, do we know, will it be animated in the way of like clone wars or,
0: Oh, No, it's just, it's just rumored. Okay. It's, we have no idea. I don't know where these rumors come from. I don't, from the great pit of carcoon, you know, I, I don't know. Um, Yeah. We can only hope that something like that happens because how do you, how how do you separate Star Wars from the Jedi and like this Skywalker saga? You got to dig into like the underworld. The underworld is huge in Star Wars. There's always something that interest me and yes the bounty hunters and and the crime organizations and the syndicates and whatnot so yeah i i really feel if they lean on that heavily i would be very okay with going in that direction with star wars especially Same. in like civil war period and new republic
1: absolutely and then and then that there you can sprinkle in a jedi you Can do a random yeah. Jedi where it's a dude that you knew all
0: along, and then bam, he has a lightsaber. All of a sudden, you're like, Secret Jedi, there aren't supposed to be Jedi anyhow. There's like, why do you keep plugging them in? Because that was kind of like the mystique, yeah, of, of that period. And then Luke Skywalker, you know, I'm talking to you stuff, but Luke Skywalker came in, did his stuff in Jedi, and then be, became like the badass, and then trained all this new Jedi order. So, I <sighs> whatever um i know but I, anyway that's yeah crime syndicates that's where we need to stay yeah. and i think that's what they're building towards as an overall theme and if they can tie in whatever they're doing new canon on like tv and movies tie it into the comics tie it into the books keep doing that stuff because that's that's how we need to move forward yeah, yeah. um a huge thing that happened to this is how that Fet- Gains control of Han Solo because that was a pretty epic scene like you said this this whole comic was full of action I felt like I really wanted to see this on a screen it's fun reading it but it's just like wow all this crazy shit is happening like Han Solo falling out like falling out of the side of the Star Destroyer when it got hit by a missile and then Boba Fett jumping out after him catching him at the last moment in the water and then taking his prize so. yes that was just that was an awesome
1: like just sequence of of um you know uh, that is such a great page you know mm-hmm. you, with you just he's underwater uh, it's uh it, it was just really well done i loved this issue very much it's awesome and then the uh the valence double cross
0: <laughs> yes like that uh and that's something that I, I think we should say for Bounty Hunters um, anyhow. Fair enough. But that, that was just like, I've really grown attached to attach that character to begin with. And it's like, why did you trust Boba Fett?
1: Well, yeah, exactly. Like, you can trust Boba Fett to do in his own personal interest. Right. <laughs> right. You know, and plus it's his younger years, too. He was much more brutal. Um, and I think that they're really trying to establish um, that dichotomy. Yeah I think that the comics are his younger years and they're trying to establish his brutality and then you you spin that to Book of Boba Fett where he becomes more of a champion of the people and I think that you build a beautiful character. I think that
0: that's a genius. Yeah, me too. Me too. I we see we see some honorable moments you know during these yes. comics, but at the same time he's just like he is ruthless and he has a reputation. So and that's why people always like Boba Fett. And, you know, like you just said, his appearance later in New Canon uh, with, you know, in the New, New Republic era changes him a lot too. He, he spent a lot of time in that pit. He comes out a changed man, you know, and I'm looking forward to that as well. Yes, um, hell yeah! One one big thing I loved was also that big splash page with um, Await the Rain. And you saw all the members like of Crimson Rain that that they wanted to reveal at that time what um, was the big one uh wren the knights of wren yep nice. so wren with his mask like we knew he was gonna be a part of this and then they they threw him into the halloween special and they do that lost boys homage mm-hmm. like what a I love that episode like that part of the episode and just to introduce him there with christian slater as the voice and stuff like that yeah. and then knowing that he's going to be part of crimson rain and the star wars universe and has to do with the knights of ren it's it's really cool and i think that they're really building something strong here i agree i agree uh so let's jump over to star wars number 18 uh, it's called collision course It's written by charles soul which you know being the follow-up issue to the you know war the bonding hunters also written by soul i felt like it was a great continuation of what we just read that's a nice cover yes i will get that poster man
1: yeah you got Um, uh, leia you've got kira you've got boba fett's helmet but the center of his helmet kind of separates the two of them and in like almost like a reflection in the helmet is han and carbonite um very well thought out piece of art i would say
0: i agree i love reflection like that like the the classic like the wolverine claws with the hulk in them and stuff like that it's just i love that kind of stuff because it's very i don't know it's just it gets me um yeah let's see art by ramon rosanas colors by rochelle rosenberg and letters by clayton cowles so now that that official stuff is done Let's talk about this because, you know, they've <laughs> a lot of the time during this crossover they would do the main issue, and then there'd be a lot of crossover and, and filler and and stuff, and it would be like, all right. I'm reading the same panels here and there, but this I loved because this takes place like immediately after War uh, War of the Bounty Hunters number five, mm-hmm. and you see like it's May of the Rebels, and Leia even goes as far as saying. Something like hope is for suckers. And that's like
1: that's a big one. That was that was a huge part of this in showing Leia hopeless in a way that I don't think we've ever seen before. Um, which again, this was such a great month of comics, but um, you know, I think Han was so close to her grasp, and she's not used to losing. And especially when she she knows if I try really hard and pull out all the stops, I'm always going to win. And she did really try really hard and and she did pull out all the stops and she still lost. Yep. I think that was a gut punch, like a hard one.
0: Yeah. And plus now she thinks, you know, they all are in the the uh, the belief that Han is dead. Mm -hmm. Mm Then they don't know that Boba Fett caught him. So exactly. It's. Uh, it's it's crazy because we see this big transition and and all of a sudden we're like this whole reset and now we see the the drive to where we're going to be in you know return to the jedi eventually mm-hmm. but we never like i even in in shadows of the empire you never thought han solo was dead yeah. you know, they never have to deal with those emotions um lando even says something funny and he says he's used to handling his feelings solo, and he's <laughs> like, "Sorry for the pun." I'm just like, "That's that's so funny." But uh, yeah, uh, this all of it ties back to solo eventually. Yes,
1: and I love that. Um, but the I think the biggest thing in this comic is I could not believe that Kira got on the Falcon
0: with. There's Lando. a lot of weird things that happen with Kira in some of these comics. So I'm just like. <laughs> But we'll get to that. But yeah, I was just she shows up in the Vermilion. It's like it sh- overshadows the Falcon. I should it's, say,
1: yeah, it's gigantic next to the Falcon. I do love when they do those scale pages, so you can really get an idea of the scale of
0: what you're dealing with. She says, "Give my apologies to L 3 <laughs> Yes, and yes. mess with the hyperdrive.
1: <laughs> yes, she and the fact that she knew that, and that tie back, and Lando was there. And like it was like a little reunion, but like Leia didn't know what was going on. And again, not like her, and I like that she was very discombobulated.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because they're very they are very similar, mm-hmm. but they're very different at the same time. Uh, yes. I guess that's kind of like where you you take the path of righteousness, or you're taking this gray path. And so we know Kira's not bad, but she always acts in self-interest well leia she acts in the interest of the better of everyone
1: exactly and it's arguable that both of them are you know at the exact same level in terms of prowess in any way shape or form and i think that it's really cool to add another female like leia but not so righteous and I, I yes. think that that's I think that's really important and I think it's being done very well with a character that most of us really enjoyed in solo when I hear people talk about solo never no one ever says anything bad about Kira
0: no and it's very it's very rare will I hear anybody say anything bad about solo in the long run either you know I just those those movies did more for me than anything else they just they tied it into like they tried to tie in the new canon and try to stick to the guns of trying to tell a story over different forms of media. So, you know, it's just um, bringing Kira into this issue was important. And I love that kind of like, let's just, just us girls. Yeah. And then they go and she's trying to get her to drink and she, and Leia shoots the bottle of liquor. Yes. (laughs) I thought that was hilarious because it was just, she's like let's just get to the point i don't need you to like whine and dine me exactly
1: but. and leia had a blaster on her the entire pretty much the entire yeah. time just yeah, sure. had a bl- like because she's not stupid like she'll she may kill me i'm gonna i'll take the blaster you know but kira cool yeah. cool calm and collected she just wanted to pour a drink and talk about the fact that the same guy has enjoyed both of them and i think that you know that is a special conversation
0: (laughs) on top of the fact that she's kira and and she's princess leia exactly and then we find out that she that kira was actually behind everything she was pulling the strings like a puppet master she her quote-unquote ultimate goal was to get han back to leia because she she felt that that's where he belonged that he he was always meant to do good and then she tells him she tells leia this story Mm -hmm. um which just you know adds to the whole karen's and han you know Mm -hmm. backstory which i love uh Mm -hmm. just being this these kind of like these street urchins from Corellia, and it's it's funny to kind of hear her say hey you don't you don't understand where i come from but we we love the same man for the same reasons,
1: exactly, exactly, and uh I really like that. I um like proper villains. Um, I love that term. John Don Cheadle uses it in Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, finally, I'm working with proper villains, and it was just they were the villain, but you know, they were. There was more of a. I don't even know how to say it. Like an they're honor. villain
0: by the law. But they are not bad people.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that's what it kind of felt like with Leia and Kira having a a chat. Was that Leia was just with a proper villain, and and I loved, I loved that. I loved reading all of that.
0: He's just a scruffy looking nerf herder, aren't
1: we? A scoundrel, if I may.
0: Definitely a scoundrel. Definitely. In the end, Kira tells Leia that Han isn't dead. In fact that Boba Fett has recaptured him and taken him to Jabba the Hutt.
1: And there was some relief there and some return to hope, I guess. Yeah. But I, you know, I'm, I liked that. I liked the fact that Kira was able to do that, to give that hope. And I don't know. I I think what I think is great is that we're all Princess Leia right now. We don't exactly know if we should trust her. Because Kira doesn't have a, a fully solid backstory. The thing about Star Wars backstories is a lot of these characters you can get from birth to death and you know if there's a story in between, most likely what they're going to do. And Kira, we don't we don't know how she dies. We don't know how that story ends. So there's a lot of stuff she could be doing and I don't really trust her.
0: Yeah, I have no idea what Emily Clark's contract is with Disney. So I'm not even going to assume that she's not showing up in the book of Boba Fett. Exactly. So I want it to happen. So that and I want to see her and I want to see Omega. (laughs) There we go. There we go. All right. So let's uh, let's jump over to Darth Vader number 17. Yes. called Just Rewards. It's written by Greg Pak, art by Raphael Yanko, colors by Alex Sinclair, and letters by Joe Caramagna. So We have this whole idea of like, how does Vader fit into all of this? In fact, it, it just, it's Vader being Vader, but we got a great Ochi story in this. Mm -hmm. Yes. And some crazy stuff happens this month with Ochi. That is absolutely true. Um,
1: I, first of all, I absolutely loved Vader was just, I don't even know, like brutal, brutal. Just absolutely brutal in the beginning of this book. Um, Killing the huts. Oh my God. Just, but it was reminiscent, which I liked. Maybe it was done on purpose. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, But I did like the fact uh, that, how do I even put this? Like, it felt like episode three when it was the Nimodians. It was the council. It was like all the separatists that's right it, it was it was the whole separatist <laughs> council wiped them all out. <laughs> and i i got that vibe yes that's what the, kind of the music me. was
0: playing yes in my head <laughs> he was
1: murdering it, this was not the first time this was a room full of people he wanted to murder and he was very clear about that and then he did he, he murdered everyone in the room
0: <laughs> and he loved it loved every minute of it it's funny because it brings him back you know eventually in this in this issue to where the emperor's like oh you're back huh <laughs> that's what that's what I really got out of it because he was just on a spree
1: yeah. He's
0: like nobody's messing with me he's like choking administrator more mm-hmm. I loved it but one of the best things is when the final confrontation with Boku when he kills him but Boku ends up like detonating the ship anyhow. Yeah but Vader uses the force to bring like scrap pieces around him and creates this like protective ball that goes to the atmosphere and crashes the planet. He's still alive.
1: It's hell yeah. Vader, <laughs> Vader's alive simply due to spite. There's no like he's just he's alive in spite of life. I love that yes. about him.
0: Yes. A huge thing that happens here is that all of a sudden the Emperor. And realizes that Crimson Dawn has infiltrated the Empire at many, many different levels, and which is quite clever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Emperor orders Vader, who has now come back to him as his loyal servant, to hunt down these infiltrators. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that, actually. Yes, yes,
1: as am I. Um, but yeah, you said the Ochi story. That was- Yes,
0: let's get back to that. Please. So, Vader tells Ochi to go to the Assassin League. Goes to tell them and tells them that he's gonna. They're all gonna work for him. We see that this, and like I said earlier, it's weird. Like Kira's in all these different comics mm-hmm. that the Assassin League has captured Kira somehow, has her in a cage, and Ochi's like, "Does anybody else know about this?" And like, no, no, no. And then he kills them, mm-hmm. and then you learn that Ochi is Crimson Dawn
1: and he's got vader's ear and but this is the thing you know is vader gonna batman this where when ochi finally reveals himself vader's just gonna be like i knew all along ah murdered like like, and that's well no
0: we know that ochi lives through all of this because he's in uh he you know he works for the emperor yeah, that's
1: right. Cause he's the one who, uh, Oh wow. Weird. You're right. You're right about that. So how does Ochi outlive Vader? That is, uh, you know, you've just added another dimension to it. And again, that's and why I, I love this. That's why I love this because I, now I want to know, but yeah, he ends up, uh, freeing Kira and we're just like, Oh man. So he's in two. It's going to be crimson rain may just be an apt title
0: well that's the funny thing it's like we know like dankar has joined Ochi's part of it and it's just building up through all of these issues was like to get to this point where they've made us the reader realize like holy crap they're everywhere yeah they because even in the crappy parts of like dr afra that we mm-hmm. complain about and and whatever they were still Character surprised that certain other characters had joined Crimson Dawn. Exactly. So, what a, what a cool aspect that now when we watch these movies, it's like, oh, maybe that guy's Crimson Dawn.
1: Exactly. Anybody could be. It adds a whole new dimension and a whole different way to watch it. And then you know when you find out that like, oh, this person was actually Crimson Dawn, then you like you know you look back to it and you're like, oh man, that may have influenced their decision in the Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi like you know something like that and I love that I love that these comics do that they enhance
0: exactly and that's what we have to tell everybody we know that's a Star Wars fan to read the damn comics if you're not
1: but, you're. I don't know what you're doing just right? do it
0: right just do it just do it like a certain shoe company says so <laughs> <laughs> we just can't say the name so we, we don't have to pay your but alright well, we're going to go to commercial. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the rest of the war, of the Bounty hunters event in the Marvel comics. I can't wait.
1: Hey there, star warriors. Make sure that when you're not listening to us, you're checking out Ridley's gaming realm on Facebook. That's Ridley's gaming realm. And what's awesome about them is that in their entire time for buying, selling and trading games, there have been no scams ever reported on their page. So, If you're looking for that game that's hard to find, if you're looking to sell off your collection, make sure you're checking out Ridley's Gaming Realm. That's a Facebook group right there on Facebook. You all know how to use it. Ridley's Gaming Realm.
0: d Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetATowel.com the only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more.
1: D-Fat Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with D-Fat Comics.
0: We are back after those commercials, and we are talking October's Marvel Comics, the final month of or the bounty hunters.
1: Yes, and a month it has been.
0: Yeah. This month has been so good that we're about to talk about Dr. Afra, and I have really nothing bad to say about it. In fact, it did everything I wanted Dr. Afra Copic to do for me.
1: It was it was actually super action-packed in ways that weren't annoying. And uh
0: Artifacts,
1: yeah, like, like magic.
0: It was I mean, good, it was surprisingly good. Very good. right, it wasn't even the art from last month that we we totally hated. So, mm-hmm. anyways, let me get to the official stuff, all right. Um, so it was written by Alyssa Wong, pencils by Minkyu Jung, inks by Victor Olazaba, and colors by Rochelle, Rochelle Rosenberg, and then finally, letters by Joe Karamak. Yeah,
1: I mean, she what she starts it opens with a firefight and death stick
0: randomly. She's like, Hey, death stick is here again. Heavy metal music ensues. Yeah. Um, so the four of them we got Afra, Sana, Lucky, and Arioli, and so they're all trying to battle this, this assassin of Crimson Dawn. Um, Afra wants to go after the necklace Uh, like you said, it's it's completely action-packed. And eventually we get to this point where they find what? This this different artifact, uh, which like totally takes control of Afra. Uh, what is it? A thought, a thought drowser or something like that? Yeah, Dowser, thought dowser. Dou- yeah.
1: Yeah, it's Wild like a stuff. like a water dowser but instead of finding water it makes people do horrible things. Um <clears throat> and it was it was cool it was a cool addition that added to the action and it wasn't like this is stupid like it was like okay this is actually kind of cool.
0: It just that's the thing about this whole this whole run so far is just up and down up and down where it's just it's at the same time I just feel all right we were just in they were just in prison and now suddenly they just find this artifact and and things are happening it was great and it's what i want out of a dr afra comic but i i in, in the end i don't think that dr afra should have been part of this whole crossover honestly even though she has a big part to play in crimson rain
1: yeah i don't i don't really i don't know I've said this before and I'll say it again. They shouldn't have put her in War of the Bounty Hunters. They should have, they should be doing a crossover with um, High Republic. Yeah. And we, we should be reading High Republic as it's happening. And then we should read Dr. Afra as she goes to the different archaeological digs for the High Republic and allow us to have a, a great story there. Um, I think that was a huge miss, but this issue was very good. It held my yeah. attention. I wanted to read it.
0: Exactly, and we see this kind of uh, dishonor between thieves, because in the end, Lucky, or uh, Aphrod throws a detonator and blows up Lucky and Ariel's ship. We learn about uh, these, like I said, the, Th- the Thout drowsers. Uh, they were actually used by the Sith as well. They were able, and then eventually, that the, the crew is able to hack and find a network of contacts. And uh, they learned that Crimson Dawn is everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I like it goes action, action, action tie into the tie into the overall theme of things. Um, but like you said, I don't know why they have to be involved in this. If it's just to sell the book, because mm-hmm. that's what I feel like is happening. Couldn't they just do what you said and accomplish something that would be more appropriate for the character it just i don't know i as much as i like this issue i feel like it's we had so much garbage before it that i i I can't really forgive it
1: (laughs) yeah i don't like you know i i I don't know like like you said there was no consistency with this run and it was it's very annoying that there was no consistency so i don't know
0: but that bothers me because we're about to go into Crimson Rain, and I still have to buy Doctor F comics. Of course, that's how they want us to do it. I'm I'm hoping maybe I mean, it works. It does, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, Ultimately, like we're the suckers, and yeah. we're buying these comics, so we'll sure, buy them. You're right. You're right. We're the assholes. Um, please just give us more issues like this. That's all I can ask. Like, fair. let's get into it. Let's get into like. Oh shit, she picked up this thing. It's controlling her mind. Yeah. <laughs> and she's going to wipe out everything. It's it. And then they grab the necklace. So yeah. I, whatever. I, like we said last month, we learned that Alyssa Wong had written the, which, uh, which spinoff was it that was so good? Oh, uh... I'm drawing uh... a blank with that one. But yeah, she's a great writer. Yeah. And she has these, these, these peaks, but. It wasn't for
1: Lamanzucas. No, I hated that. Guy. No, it was the one after that. Bosk? No,
0: that was I think, older. No. Um, IG80, with this. Oh, Bosch. Bosch.
1: Bosch. That's the one. Yes, Bosch. Yeah. I knew it was one of those. That was the yeah. best one. That was the best one of all of
0: them. It, it was. And we'll be talking about IG88 in a little bit, which I liked, but that, that was solid. And that's what I'm saying about Elizabeth Wong is that I have faith that. Doctor Africa become a really good comic if it wasn't riding the curtails of of these of this event. Yeah, it doesn't need that's to. it. That's yeah. it. anyways. The basically leave it that it's going into Crimson Rain. Mm-hmm. I don't know how this how this whole crew is going to be involved in it, but we'll find out next month. Exactly. But let's talk about Bunny Bounty Hunters number seventeen because this issue. Was freaking awesome, yes, it and was. as you dubbed it way back when we started this show as action porn, uh, we just got more of that and some beautiful freaking panels like Valence fighting the stormtroopers, like what it would be like almost like a silhouette, but it was just oh, geez. Um, let me do the officials. It's called Escape from the the Executor, uh, written by Ethan Sachs, art by Paolo Villanelli, colors by Rift. Curianto with, Jesus Abertov and Edgar Delgado with letters by Travis Laneham. That's a lot of people in this 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 comic. It's like twenty pages. How, how do they even fit in there? Uh, yeah, seriously, jeez. Anyways, but
1: this comic, man. Oh, this was so. I'm flipping through it again right now, and it's just it's just so good.
0: So in number five of Where the Body Hunters. Boba Fett throws a bomb, a detonator of some sort at Valence and totally betrays him, mm-hmm. blows him up. His chest is all blown apart and he's just laying there. He could die. Anything could happen, but no, no, Valence is is much more of a badass than that. In fact, he reboots himself and then he's he, he goes on to battle like a battalion of stormtroopers and 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 scout troopers and any trooper they could draw in there really yeah he
1: was he was just going ham uh like the terminator here like just absolutely uh just destruction destruction but we also get um some old friends that have come back um what is it
0: tosh tosh Tonga? tonga that's it tonga and crew we've got tonga uh tashu leash what is Tashulish, his name there? Tashulish. Yep. we got zuckus i think bosk is bosk, on there somewhere. Yes, bosk. he's yeah. hungry as usual he's looking for something to eat he's gonna eat anybody probably probably zuck is eventually because we don't know what happens that ugly bastard but yes well,
1: um, he yes he, he says our gans high in protein i love exactly.
0: that exactly um, so I I think this is cool because we he Valence is calling to them they're trying to arrange a pickup he it's like this ultimate action scene that I would like I said I would like to see this on the big screen um and one of my favorite scenes in this is when Valance beats the trooper with a mouse droid yeah i saw it
1: <laughs> just, just like beat <laughs> the
0: shit out of him with a mouse oh droid oh my god it was just i all of those scenes throughout this comic i just i'd liked valance but now i really like Valence. i i want to see more uh we'll talk about Valence's fate shortly but there's another thing that happens to this where kira and it was is vakora right i believe so yeah and she wants vakora to take over the unbroken clan and we've we've kind of seen this theme throughout this comic uh it started off like a barren baron wolf and Club, or whatever you want to call it uh with you know something we've seen very lately in star wars but yes whatever happened in that now we now we're seeing just of taking over uh you know the the broken clan and they're going to be part of crimson dawn so here we have kira weaving her web of uh power throughout the galaxy
1: Yeah, just brokering deals on the back end and, you know, just kind of like, hey, I'll put you here. Um, I'm going to call you and ask you for a favor someday and you're going to deliver on that. And for right now, you don't got to give me nothing. (laughs)
0: Like a a suicide mission. It gets a superstar straight, right? Exactly. And
1: that's that's exactly it. And I love that. the contract. It's growing. This whole her
0: network is growing. Yeah. Seems like nobody wants to mess with her. I want to know why, because we don't know why she is this threatening. Like, what has she she done that everybody is so afraid of Kira?
1: Well, there's also another thought I had that... Well, no, that actually... She
0: broke Darth Maul? I mean, yeah. That's the other thing, right? Like, she broke a Sith Lord? Maybe, but I mean, it's Obi-Wan who really... No, but his madness starts in rebels. Like, why does he remember he like there is no Darth Maul is the leader crimson dawn when he confronts Ezra oh, and tries true. to convert him, right? So, what happens to Darth Maul that he has lost his power in Crimson Dawn? And huh. so Kira's legitness has to do with dethroning a Sith Lord or an ex-Sith Lord, an insane yeah dark force user yeah no that's kind of wild right now i love that cartoon it's gonna happen
1: that's a good point huh i'm wondering honestly if you know people think that he's dead and she killed him because he's disappeared and now like you know maul was an animal yeah well could be an animal um you know maybe she i killed him but mm-hmm. she did, she scrambled his brain somehow. I don't know. I don't know, but I
0: want to find out. I want to know. Me too. Me too. Um, so, the ultimate action scene you know, Valence is taking on these troopers and he's about to escape. He even takes a jet trooper's jetpack and he's flying out there to the ship and he grabs Zux's hand and in this grand, Thrill moment, we see his arm rip off, and we're like, "Why?" But we should have remembered that the um, the uh, whoever was part of the empire was like, "Tell Lord Vader what's happening right now." Yeah, and then Vader comes in and grasps balance with the force and pulls him back and rips his rips him from his arm, and he awakens later, and that he's normal. Wild. Yes. And Vader is like, now you serve me. What a twist. What a twist.
1: That was a wild panel. Like when you just saw Valence completely normal and Vader just standing over him in his Vader pose. You know, (laughs) I fixed you. You work for me now. And just the way like it's extremely badass. And now the story
0: blows into something like who knows what i don't even know exactly and that's where we're going next and it just keeps me addicted to this comic i've i've liked it since the beginning i think that ethan sachs is a good writer the art has always been good on this always and i i want more i was always intrigued by the valance character back in the day it's just this crazy looking cyborg that I, I didn't read that classic Marvel run of Star Wars. I just, I never did. So I love that they've made him part of new canon. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I thought he was going to die and he's still alive gives me hope once again, that maybe this character shows up on the book of Boba Fett. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Would Who be awesome. would play Valence though? Oh boy. Who knows? I don't know. I don't even Who know. Knows. I don't have a unknown. Unknowns. Unknowns. Yeah. Um, so let's uh we're gonna close out this epic crossover with a interesting issue. I'll put it that way. I yeah. um because really War of the Bounty Hunters number five closed out the story. We have the fallout kind of an epilogue here. They've attached the World of Bounty Hunters logo to next month's comics as well, from what I've seen. Mm -hmm. So really, again, next month will be more Fallout leading in the Crimson Ring. But I've always been a fan of IG-88. And so he is the final one shot of Mm -hmm. uh, this event. And it's called Born to Kill. It's written by Rooney Barnes. Art by give you villanova i think i probably said that wrong but colors by antonio fabella and letters by ariana mahar and so we knew that uh vader destroyed ig88 because he was i think sent by Edmund moore right Yes. Uh, and that that coalition to kill vader uh but no assassin droid is going to take out the dark lord of the sith so we find ig88 uh dismantled but we meet rb919 a droid recommissioner now this 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 being is a droid an android I, I didn't really grasp it exactly but i really I, felt like he was a droid in his own right
1: yeah i don't know i kind of got a low bot kind yes. of Thought about it. I also thought what he looked like. Um, is it Michael Rooker who played Yondu?
0: Yeah, yeah. He
1: looked like him. I was like, "Is this? Are we gonna see him in a movie now?" No, because he dies. Well, yeah, he
0: shows up before, but yeah, that's that's what what I'm saying. Fan casting right there, little little wizard wizard world casting. Yeah, I mean,
1: he looked just (laughs) like him, so it's not a stretch at all. But um. No, I, I thought like, you know, you got IG-88, he's, he's, he's reflecting. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that droids reflected. So there were two things like, you know, number one, I read everything IG-88 in Taika's voice because he did IG-11. Right. So I just, I picture they're the same model. So they probably have the same voice, you know, the manufacturer going to create just do the same voice for all of them um and then also like when ig88 was in pieces and it was like a reflection all i heard in the background was the song hello darkness my old friend the whole time while i was reading that and it was just kind of like you know this is weird but i'm digging it
0: (laughs) it was it was a very weird comic and you know that's what i really felt like this is this is the closeout to this this crossover. Yet I felt it was very appropriate because it was like a haiku almost. It was yeah. uh, it was it was definitive of what we know is coming. And it's funny you mentioned IG uh, Eleven because I was like, are they leading into this somehow? Does he become him? I'm just like the the canon gears are turning in my head, but you know it's it it doesn't get that deep. No, <laughs> um, no, it doesn't. I do love that they they do tie it in Deva Lumpop even yeah. more because I'd liked that character. We've only really seen her in a, a select amount of issues, uh, and I'd like to see more. But it was it was, it was mostly in these these one shots. Um, so he gets he gets his own uh, directive. He needs to find Fett. He needs to get Han Solo. And what I loved was we've been talking about like did all the bounty has bounty hunters ever face each other in this crossover i don't think so was there ever a splash splash page of the executor you know lineup that we know so well from empire we got it in this issue in this yeah before we got it. it in this issue and it was very it would never happen it was like a weird fever dream that ig 80 had, had but i appreciate it because it is for the bounty hunters and those are the bounty hunters we knew from the beginning, besides Greedo.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um I really I I really liked this issue, but I remember now it was very strange. It was very strange. Um it's but not I,
0: flashbacks for droid, right?
1: Yeah, that's one thing I found odd, but then I really did like First of all, I have to I have to comment on the artwork. Yeah. This is a beautiful book.
0: All of these one shots were amazing. Yeah.
1: In the this is gorgeous. And then I love like, dude, you 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 had to have called it like I did. When I G eighty eight got onto Slave One, yeah. like I immediately was like, so Boba Fett is definitely gonna show up very soon. Like, there's no way Boba Fett just left Slave One unattended. And with Han Solo inside of it, like he was setting a trap and IG-88 walked directly into that trap. Stupid droid. Honestly, like what are you, you're supposed to be a tech, like, isn't he supposed to be like a, an assassin droid,
0: like super, super tactical? Well, he self-proclaimed the greatest bounty hunter in the galaxy. Like he has like this extreme arrogance to him for a droid, right? that is true that's very true
1: um but i do like what boba fett does to him i enjoy that thoroughly
0: yeah it's interesting that he spares him like we knew that in this in this crossover that the the slave one oops i called that um had didn't have the ability to (laughs) refreeze right yeah refreeze uh han solo and carbonite which became a problem in in alpha way back mm-hmm. when at the beginning and so he says I had this installed just in case what happened before happens again Yeah, and so he uses it that on IG-88 it freezes him but he doesn't destroy him he leaves him out in the sand yeah. yeah Why? why
1: I don't know I like IG-88 I say I have much to consider <laughs> this
0: droid is very very like insightful um very he's a very inner thinker for some reason i i it's just a it's just a very odd way it's it's interesting because droids are such a unique thing to star wars Mm -hmm. because droids are very humanistic yes and they've always had those traits compared to i mean you can say data from star trek is like the ultimate one but every other robot is very robotic and when you watch star wars
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you relate to c-3po or r2d2 like this little trash can mm-hmm. you can totally relate to so 100 percent. i've always found the droids one of the most interesting aspects of star wars and that's why i thought it was very interesting to end on this note
1: agreed agreed and two, like in every every movie you know, with the droid, you're always, you know, who's voicing the droid? And they're always sassy. You know, <laughs> we had a CC, uh, a sassy Phoebe Waller Bridges as L3, if I'm correct. We had a, you know, a sassy, I'm finding out Bill Hader was BB8. No. Yes. Really? Look it up. I couldn't believe it. I was like super happy.
0: What about Joan Rivers in, in Spaceballs?
1: There you go. Uh, you got K2SO in, in Rogue oh, ooh, One. Alan Tudyk? Alan Tudyk, a master um, with voiceover. So I guess what I'm saying is uh, what's important to Star Wars is the droids because you're, you're going to get this, like, extreme personality. And that's what a droid is. But it's so very human, too, which I think we love about it. So I, I thought this IG-88 uh, that was cool to show us that he's this deep thinker. And maybe these assassins droids are deep thinkers. Like, and at the end, like I will take time to update my programming, you know, because time, you know, is something that I have. And there's some along those lines of just like admitting, like as a droid, they live pretty much live forever,
0: but they can evolve. Yes, so or adapt or whatever you want to call it. Exactly, and then he got
1: he was deeply, deeply, deeply in thought about Boba Fett leaving him alive.
0: I remember in the eu that you know ig88 always worked with boba fett Mm
1: -hmm.
0: he had this respect for him especially Mm post-jedi so it's interesting to see why boba fett left him that way perhaps as a future ally you know it's possible it's very possible
1: i mostly remember ig88 outside of empire strikes back in the uh Video game Shadows of the Empire when he was one Of the hardest boss fights On that game it was Ridiculous how difficult that boss fight Was it was unnecessary it was un- yeah. Unnecessary
0: I, I Remember that and I remember The first comic I read in the EU Was Dark Empire and I believe it was Boba Fett IG-88 and Dengar Had a, an alliance to You know Go after Solo Um, and so that was that, that was that whole side of things with, uh, you know, the fallout after, Mm -hmm. after Jedi and whatnot. So amazing stuff. And you're right. It's just the way that they brought in IG-11 to the Mandalorian. And we see that side of a droid that we've never experienced from the assassin droid, because we didn't see what IG-88 could do. Mm -hmm. We knew in the EU what he was and what he did, but now it's like will he show up in the book of Boba Fett I'm going to go back to that every time because if they don't bring in this kind of stuff I would be surprised but we will see I actually will see in December on the show what happens before we even find out what happens in like the whole crimson reign in the hidden empire in the new republic so maybe we'll see some status quo changes to our favorite bounty hunters that we've been reading all about for the last five months, yes,
1: absolutely. Um, I can't, and you know, I I know you keep bringing a Book of Boba Fett, but it looks awesome. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know what else to say. And there's a lot Sopranos of this. in space. Yes, <laughs> uh, you know, I love the you know the whole like Jabba ruled through fear. I'm gonna try and rule through respect. Yeah. And and you know he's sitting on the throne. It's a much different Boba Fett. He's a crime boss Boba Fett, and I'm all about it. I'm thrilled.
0: We love the underworld of star Wars and it's alive and well. And I can't wait until next month because like I said, we have a little in between until crimson rain, but the next uh, big event starts in December and, you know, we'll be talking all about it on this show. So tune back in, but my friend, do you have anything you want to plug before we close out tonight's show?
1: Uh yes yes yes. Um we had we are in a new season of Critical Mass right now. Um we have 3 episodes up with our fourth recording tomorrow night. Um so make sure you check us out Critical Mass podcast anywhere you podcast. And we uh Chris if I'm correct are going to be doing a listen up casuals
0: um for Thor. We are and I <laughs> we've been kind of bad about it it's my fault uh it's okay i i would love to do this show more i think we need to backlog some episodes uh just to get some on the you know and the, just in case we miss a few weeks i love doing that show with you and now that we're doing it with guests uh i think that it's it's even more fun so absolutely yeah, come check it out we've talked about the joker winter soldier and falcon hellboy and like rocco said we'll be talking about Thor this month with our friend Jake from yep. Campfire Chats and Bull and Moose Tavern, which are both part of Defet Entertainment, absolutely, and which also Critical Mass and my other show Tellway Talk. Uh, we just put out the 211th episode of Tellway Talk. Bam, my friend Casey and I do the Geekly News, uh, so check it out. All of the great stuff that's happening over at Defet Entertainment. But, anyways awesome show awesome crossover my friend yes
1: yes uh this has been my favorite episode uh that we've done thus far make sure you're listening to us and uh go out and support your local comic shop
0: that's it and everybody out there may the force be with you.